Hey, welcome to the Wilderness Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm your host, Jasmine. And we're so excited to join you for episode two. I have to pause and think about that because we released an episode zero and an episode one. Well, I guess that makes us two, but in my head, I'm thinking this is the third time. It's complicated. (laughs) We're never doing an episode zero again. This messes me up forever. But we're so glad that you're here today. We have a really cool topic in store for you. We talked a lot about wilderness in episode zero. We're both in a season of wilderness, what that means for those who might not have looked at it that way before. But we really just touched upon why we felt like God brought us here (laughs) to this place in our lives where we're talking (laughs) in front of mics, which definitely should not be allowed. And we would really like to dive in deeper. This touched a lot of people, but really encouraged us. So we would love to divulge more what God's speaking to us and go from there. This episode was brought to you by Lord Family Ministries. Go check out their website, lordfamilyministry.com, to purchase their new book, Venture with God. It's a true story about a crazy family's journey of faith with six kids on a bus doing ministry. And just to be clear, this is my family we're talking about. You can read more about my parents' testimony and their new book at VentureWithGod.com. Being in a wilderness season is so relevant. Yeah. It's we're here and it's not just we're here and so let's talk about what yeah. it's like here. It's no, why are we here? We're here for a reason. God brought us here for a reason. Yes. We're going to talk about why he brought us here, but also what it looks like and what it's doing and what it's supposed to be doing anyway. You know, what he's yeah. looking to accomplish in that. Yeah. And what to do in the wilderness. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, what is your job? Like, we're just waiting on God to give us other instructions. You know, sometimes it feels like you're not really even hearing from God directly. It's, well, I prayed and I worshiped you today, but like, I didn't really hear your voice or hear you speak to me. So what am I supposed to be doing? Should I just sit still and wait? Or am I supposed to be moving forward to a promised land? If so, what does that look like? Where does that look like? You know, for the Israelites, he showed up as a a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And it was obvious. And is it always going to look like a season in the wilderness as Israelites? Or we see wilderness in other areas too, like for Elijah Mm -hmm. or for John the Baptist and their experience in the wilderness looked drastically different from the Israelites. We have some really good examples in the word. I mean, this is a heavily covered topic in the Bible. Yeah, it's kind of weird because we think of Israel as like the wilderness icon, Mm -hmm. right? Like their time after Egypt into the desert, into the wilderness. Like when I think of wilderness seasons, that's the example. But there's a lot of people before them that also experienced this. We just don't really look at it like that. Moses had a season. Mm -hmm. Joseph kind of had a season more like, you know, theoretical because it was in prison, but still representative. Jacob Mm -hmm. had a season. I'm blanking, but there was quite Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. (laughs) Was the original wilderness called into the wilderness. Yeah, you're right. He was the OG. (laughs) But we do think of Israel and that's like the primary example. Yeah. Well, and obviously it made a big impression on them. It was a huge part of their national history. It was a huge part of their everyday life in the sense that they had festivals all throughout the year that commemorated the different things that had happened in their history. And this was one of those things. So it was very important to who they were. God was adamant that they not forget what had taken place, that they continued to remember and tell their children. And because it was such a huge thing that took place that he, he used to change them, that he wanted to make sure that they never forgot where they came from, but also who he had called them to be in that season. Yeah. So let's just go through their timeline. The timeline. Yes. 
So they started in Egypt Mm -hmm. and they kind of got there out of God's favor for a season, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like their sin that put them there, which is, I think, important to identify. But God actually used Joseph to bring favor to his nation uh, to help provide for them during a famine that went throughout the land. So they were in Egypt in the beginning and it was good and it was God. Yes. And then it became captive and it became a prison Mm -hmm. and they became slaves. So, so there's the start of the timeline. And then what happens next? Well, and just to touch on what you just said, it, they didn't go into it as in sin. They were drawn away from who they had become and were in a time of spiritual bondage as well as physical bondage because we know that they worshipped other idols that were there. Yeah. But all of this, we know all the way back in Genesis, God told Abraham, he prophesied and, and told him that he would be the father of you know a nation and that his descendants would go to Egypt and be slaves there for 400 years and then he would deliver them. So it was all part of God's plan and which tells me that there are times in our lives that God and now God does not tempt us and he does not lead us to sin. Like we know those things, but where God allows bondage in our lives so that he can bring that breaking point to where we are not just no longer affected by it, but it's been broken off and we are changed from it. We become something new and that never would have taken place if the Israelites hadn't been in a place of slavery. Mm -hmm. He never would have had the need to deliver them. So he didn't put them there. Like we don't want to get confused with our theology here. You know, God does not place us in sin, but he allowed the bondage to take place right? because he knew that without it, there would never be that defining moment where Israel was broken off from their slavery and he was able to lead them into a new season. It says that they did really well in Egypt. They were flourishing. Even when they were in slavery, they were flourishing. He preserved them, not just physically, although I'm not saying that they're happy about it, like it was a horrible season of their history, but he preserved them and allowed them to grow and to thrive there so that there was something to leave. There was, right. it wasn't just the original 12 sons yeah, with their point. families, right? It was right. multitudes of people. It was a nation. And Egypt unknowingly created this nation through their provision, their livelihoods that they gave these slaves. They were terribly mistreated and it was bondage and they needed to leave. Right. But Egypt made the nation of Israel. Yeah. It never would have gotten to where it was if it hadn't had that 400-year pit stop in Egypt. Yeah, I think that's important to recognize. Oh, definitely. There are seasons of my life that I would look back on and say that they're Egypt seasons. Yeah. You know, I was in bondage or I was enslaved or whatever. And the most important thing to take away from those seasons is not that I was in bondage, it's that because of where I was, I was unable to be set free. Like God was able to do a redeeming work, a freeing work in my life, in my heart. Obviously, we don't want to walk through seasons of pain or seasons of struggling, but those seasons are what bring us into the freedom, the being liberated and set free, which is where we pick up with the Israelites. You know, they've been completely set free at this point. There were no terms. When Moses first started negotiating with Pharaoh, there were terms like, let us go away for three days. Let us go away and take a bunch of our stuff. Let us go away and sacrifice and give us things to sacrifice. And like, it just kept building and building until finally Pharaoh said, just go. Yeah. Just leave. That is used as an example of salvation in the New Testament, you know, in our lives of a new redeeming work of the spirit that he does in our lives in an area that we're enslaved to. So we could get really into the nitty gritty of the theology here, the doctrine. But basically, before we were saved, we were in Egypt, if we use this very simple parallel. Yeah. And that when we get saved and continue to be liberated by Christ, it is us progressing through the wilderness to the promised land. But on a topic by topic, like an area of your life specifically, yeah, I think we we also have those Egypt moments where we realize I'm enslaved to anxiety and mm-hmm. it's kept me awake at night. It's robbing my quality of 
life and you go and you ask to be delivered, you know, Lord, deliver me from this. And he rescues you and he saves you out of that. And you never return to Egypt. Right. Because that's who you used to be. So it can be applied on multiple levels. You may have a long wilderness season, but yeah, you never return to Egypt once you set you free. But even in the midst of the wilderness, like you were saying, you know, in episode zero, like they still looked at themselves and acted like slaves. Like they didn't know how to act like the nation God had called them to be. They didn't know how to act like free uh, children of God. And I think we can be so far removed from Egypt and yet still revert back to our Egyptian mindset. So to those same temptations or thought patterns. But we never have to live there. Right. You exactly. Go. Yeah. Exactly. So the timeline overview is that they're in Egypt, they're slaves, they are liberated, they're set free, and they're miraculously delivered and led into the wilderness. So God's first move as he's bringing his nation out of oppression was to lead them into the wilderness. It is a clear and definitive ending of a season of bondage, and it's the clear beginning of this new season as God's people. So why does God bring us to the wilderness? Like, What is the point of the wilderness? I think he likes it out there. He uses it a lot. Like <laughs> yeah, you're right. for true. as much lush vegetation and green garden, you know, all of this, we know God loves things that grow, but maybe it's the contrast <laughs> yeah. the, that he treasures the wilderness. He could have taken Israel anywhere else and he decided that he wanted them to go through the wilderness. Yeah. And for them, it was a very, very physical time of training and journey. For us, there are just unlimited parallels that we can draw mm-hmm. from the spiritual journey that we're on yeah when we walk into a wilderness season absolutely well also just in this example alone with israel he led them through the wilderness and there's actually a passage there where god is speaking to moses and just saying i'm going to take you the long way because the trajectory to the promised land didn't take them originally through the red sea if you were to chart it out that's not the way moses came moses didn't have to cross the red sea when he went to mount sinai and he was called by god Mm -hmm. he was just being a shepherd there was no red sea involved so yeah it was very interesting how god mapped out their journey well because he took them the long way and you see that verse i forget exactly what passage but he took them the long way because the philistine territory was nearby and that was technically the shortest route and Mm. he even said like i'm gonna take you the long way because you're not ready for that yet and i love that passage our pastor actually preached a really good sermon on that passage if you want to go check it out it's restoration church franklin but that essentially was god's provision in Mm. a way i've looked back on wilderness seasons and went like god (laughs) you could have just said we had a problem in this area (laughs) you know you could have just sat me down and get hey rachel you need to work on your issue with such and such Mm -hmm. because I don't like where we're headed with this and that just needs to go. Oh no, he didn't do that though. He did it. Instead, it was like an obstacle chorus of like, you know, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational, (laughs) uh, you know, workouts that I got to the point where I'm like, that's just gone. It's, it's gone. It left a long time ago (laughs) and somewhere in the midst of that course. (laughs) And I think that's what he did with the Israelites. And again, he doesn't cause bad things. He doesn't tempt us, but in the same way we would train up a child. Yes. I'm training Lucy right now. We're using the word hut and we cook a lot together and I go hot, hot. A lot of times Aaron will come over and be like, hey, let me take her so you can cook. And I'd be like, no, she needs to learn that when she reaches for something that's hot, that that's hot. Mm-hmm. and that she could get burned. And, and it's like the concept of I'm not going to tempt her to touch something hot, but if she reaches for it, I'm going to allow that so that I can use it as a training exercise. And you're not going to remove the danger from that situation so that you can use it, so you she, can train. Yeah, she needs to know. You yeah. know, That's the most important thing I can do is teach her that my coffee is hot and I'm going to drink it daily. You're not going to stop me from <laughs> drinking this daily, but don't get burned. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Well, and protection is actually the first place that we're, we're going here as we're looking of why he led them into the, the wilderness. It was to protect them. It was yeah. so that they wouldn't be marching their big old nation of slaves, <laughs> not <laughs> army, but just a bunch of families with yeah. their, their elders and their children and men who had done nothing their whole lives except make bricks. Like just right. to not parade them across enemy territory, but he also brought them into the wilderness so that they could be hemmed in on every side yeah. by his presence. And you mentioned earlier that the Lord led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night. The pillar was the barrier he used to protect them. I love that. When the Egyptians came and pursued them mm-hmm. and they were up against the Red Sea. And also, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know exactly for sure, but from the elements. I mean, the sun is hot out in the wilderness. Yeah. And the fact that he chose to use a pillar, what I see when I see that is not the pillar just, you know, this... 15 foot right. blow up car salesman <laughs> thing, right? That's out in the middle of a parking lot, just waving in front of them saying where to go. Like <laughs> I see a huge, enormous pillar of cloud blocking out the heat of the sun, yeah. leading them through that and, and providing that sustenance for them that they needed, not just the direction, but the protection. Yeah. And then of course the fire, what else is in the wilderness? Right. Like we know that there are wild animals. Yeah. There are robbers. There are, you know, there are other nations nearby. Other the nations. fact that he led them around the Philistines was like, you know, like he could have stopped them, right? He could have like, like he did with the Egyptians. Like we saw God destroy the Egyptians. Oh, sure. Right? He stopped them. But he chose to allow Israel to circle back to that territory because eventually they did go through Philistine territory. But by the time that they were there, they had already gone through the Red Sea. They already knew that God was going to protect them. They already knew that God was for them and who this God that had supposedly kind of been silent for like 400 years while Mm -hmm. they were in who he actually was. Because up until that point, I think they had forgotten. Oh, absolutely. And that was one of the biggest things that Moses was told to do. It wasn't just go save them. It was go tell them I'm sending you to save them. And Moses is like, who, who? And that's when God said, I'm the, I am, which is like, I love that passage so much. That's one of my favorite stories Mm. because the fact that Moses had to ask, because he had grown up with so many gods in his household, he, you know, he, he was taken in as a son of Pharaoh and was raised among, you know, these high up Egyptian government officials and kings and whatever, if you will, emperors. And so he might have not legitimately known. Yeah. Which God's talking to me. Right. Yeah. And so that God was like, listen, <laughs> let me lay this down for you. I, I am. I am the one you're looking for. I am the only way. I am enough. Yes. I am. And we see that in our own lives when we're in a wilderness yeah. season. We're looking around going, why am I here? You know, what is this? Is this because of me? Is this because of something that was done to me? And God's going, I am. The mm-hmm. I am has called you. The I am is the one that brought you here. Yeah. I'm the reason you're here and I'm the, the way you'll get out. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you said that earlier. God never leads us into our Egypt and sometimes we're there and it's not because we've sinned. And I, I think we, yeah. we need to just hammer that in. Definitely. There's a lot of people and a lot of maybe well-intended Christians that, that say that that's true, that you're in an Egypt or you're in a bad season because you put yourself there. God has been teaching me about wilderness season for probably at least a decade now and just really shown me what it is in my own life, what these you know definitive seasons seasons have been in my own life. I don't think there is one Egypt, if we can use that word, that I have walked out of that I walked into on my own. Right. I was born there. It was a default setting. And that was exactly how these slaves were. It had been 400 years. These weren't the sons of Jacob. Right. You know, these, these weren't even the sons of Joseph. These were great, great, great grandsons mm-hmm. that were there that had heard the stories, of course, and knew where they came from. But 
it wasn't by their choice that they were there. Yeah. And many of them may have remembered of, oh, well, granddad used to talk about how the Egyptians used to be kind to us. But even in their lifetimes, they never would have seen that. It always would have been, it would, they were under the rule of a pharaoh who did not know who Joseph was. Yeah. And so they were treated as second-class citizens and just the, all of it. Yeah. They had no say as to whether or not they were in an Egypt. Yeah. But it was still their responsibility when they were given the opportunity to leave yeah. to step out in faith. And yeah. we see that in our own lives. I mean, it's not your fault right. that you were, I mean, I don't know, pick a situation. You were raised the way you were. You were raised where you were. Yeah. You, this happened to you or that happened to you, whatever. Right. It's, But it's still our responsibility when we see the light, when we see the option to be free. Yeah to walk out. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Let's take a quick break for a minute so I can tell you about our podcast platform. When we decided to start a podcast, we had no idea what we were doing. I found a free podcast platform by Spotify that allows you to easily create and host your own show. If you're a mom like us that would like to get out there and start your own podcast, we highly recommend Spotify for podcasters. And if this sparks something in you, you probably should go check out their website, spotifyforpodcasters.com. We're so excited to share this resource and many others with you as we continue this journey. We're looking to empower women by sharing stories and partnering with moms that are walking in their God-given calling. If you or someone you know has a nonprofit or a business that aligns with our vision, we would love to chat with you. Shoot us a message on our Instagram at wilder.nest.podcast or on our Facebook page, wilder.nest.pod. Okay, let's get back to it. I love that the first thing that God establishes to the Israelites after he leads them out of Egypt, which that whole process, and we're not going to touch upon it today, but the plagues. Oh, yeah. And and God using miracles through Moses' staff yes. and just doing miracles because he didn't have to. It was amazing. He could have communicated any other way, he but he chose to do. Off. He was showing off because he wanted to reestablish. Like, I can't imagine just the amount of doubt that the Israelites had in their heads at yeah. that point. It had been 400 years. Well, we know that by the way they received Moses and Aaron when they first yeah. came back from the desert. They're going, who are you? Yeah, who you gave know, you authority? And, and why <laughs> would you, why are you talking to us about this? I mean, they had, they had no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. And it was really God calling his people. I mean, almost seducing them in a way. Just, you know, he, this is who I am. I'm yeah. here to fight for you. I had never forgotten about you. I've never not heard your cries. Mm -hmm. And just really turning their hearts towards him. Right. But it had been so long. And so the fact that he did those miracles, I think, was just him opening a conversation to a relationship that was closed off and cold. Definitely. And then the first thing that he establishes with them once they're in the wilderness is that he's going to protect them. And that was with the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. Yes. Just interesting side point I saw uh, the other day, and I don't know if this is even legitimate, but an AI generated graphic of the what the pillar of fire I have seen. That. would have been and i guess i just envisioned this rinky dink you know like a little puff of flat like yeah, yeah like a little like you know like a torch like a little like the fire thing from frozen too like the fire lizard <laughs> like i think that's what i pictured you know just like a little fire thingy and it dude i mean this thing looked like a tornado yes and it was just engulfed with fire and which i don't know how again how accurate that is sure but 
It was a good visual for me because if I were looking at that at three in the morning, yes. walking through God knows where, mm-hmm. I'd never been out of Egypt. I barely knew this God. I barely knew this guy that said he was going to break us out. And I'm walking toward a fiery tornado. I mean, that sounds like I'm walking toward destruction. Mm-hmm. And what God spoke to me when I saw that just in my spirit was it often looks like when you're in the wilderness, you're walking toward that, which is going to end you Wow! when that's my provision for you. Oh, that's so powerful. What the world would look at and say, that's destructive and dangerous. I look at and say, that's faith and that's my provision and that's my protection. Yes. Just in my own life, even recently, I've seen that as God called us to move here and he hasn't provided a job and we've prayed for it and we've prayed for it and we waited and we waited and Mm -hmm. we felt both very deeply that God said, stop looking, Mm -hmm. just wait on me, just be still and trust me for this. And it's been weeks and weeks and we're still waiting and we're still trusting. And I saw that at the beginning of that whole process, that pillar of fire image. And I felt like God was saying, you know, to me specifically, it's going to look like you're headed toward destruction. Wow. But it's my divine power and it's my divine provision. And what you think is going to end you be the end of your relationship, be the end of your life, be the end of your finances, you know, you're going to have to foreclose or whatever, however that works. I don't even know how that works. I've never been in that situation, (laughs) (laughs) but what it looks like, you know, you're pulling ranks and you're at the end. That's where I step in. That's actually me. And I don't know, that was super encouraging. I don't know if that's, that's how God works in every situation, but that's certainly how he's working in my life. Well, and it's so incredibly true. And that's the same process that he took them through in a very much, in a very shorter way when he did the Red Sea. Yeah. You know, they're, they were standing on the edge of a sea. Yeah. Looking at their destruction. And that was the very thing he used to provide a way of escape for them. And that leads us to our next thought, which is that the wilderness is a place where we, we see the provision of God. It's why does he bring us in the wilderness? Well, he brings us there to provide for us. The Israelites, they walked into that with what they had. Yeah. And we know that without food and water, you have a nation of people that maybe had two or three days of supplies and that was it. Like they, they didn't have what they needed to go where God was leading them. And they never would have known the great provision he had in store for them if they had not encountered need in the desert. Mm. And that struck me. I mean, we're in a place too, where, you know, things are exciting. (laughs) And I say exciting with a scared face, (laughs) like (laughs) because we're in a place where, you know, we're building a business And we're praying about ministry opportunities and just trying to see where God has us in this season. And there are so many unknowns and trying to discern where God has us and what he wants us to do. And if we missed it somewhere, if he's back there on the road going, hey, why did you keep walking? I stopped. Just whatever. Sure. And to realize that we will never see provision, the mighty hand of God, without the need. Without Mm. there being a need. Without a need, there's no opportunity for provision. Yeah. And the Israelites learned that. I mean, they saw that right off the bat, like less than a week on the road. And they're going, we have no food and water. Yeah, absolutely. So we see like right off the bat, he instilled in them a sense of who he was through the plagues and just the great exodus, how he brought them out. He instilled like what kind of a God he was. And then right away, he protects them from the Red Sea and he provides for them, you know, direction with this cloud by day and the fire by night. And then they were hungry and they were thirsty. And so after he 
shows them who he is and tells them that he'll protect them and shows them that he'll provide for them, what happens next? Well, he started changing them. That's the other reason that we go into the wilderness is to, it grows us, it changes us. He started changing them because he knew, just like you said earlier, that the Israelites couldn't go into battle the way that they were. They they would have gotten destroyed or, you know, at best discouraged and scared and gone back to Egypt. He had to change the slaves and turn them into warriors. And that was a process that, I mean, really, it took about 40 years to get the DNA of that nation to shift. Yeah. We talk a lot today about a victim mentality. I would say that the slave mentality, mm. that's, that's kind of what it is. Yeah you are being forced into a situation or a turn of circumstances against your will. You feel like you have no choice. You have no say. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to stop whatever is taking place. And with that mentality, it's failure. Yeah. It's defeat. There's no way to positive talk your way right. through that. That when you walk into the wilderness season, if you are struggling with a slavery mentality, it's going to die in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Because God knows that in order for you to take your promised land, yeah. you can't be a slave. You can't think like a slave. You need to think like a warrior. Mm, that's so good. I love that. Without the wilderness, they never would have been able to take the promised land. I mean, they may yeah. have physically taken it for a while. They may have made it there alive. But they would have been incapable of conquering it and holding it. And it's the same mm-hmm. in our lives. When we emerge from an Egypt, we're headed to a promised land. Yeah. Whatever the culmination of all of this work and time and effort has been, we will be incapable of holding it, of keeping and holding on to the ground that we've covered if we don't allow God to change who we are and how we think, how we see ourselves, and how we identify. Are we identifying as slaves? Right. Or are we walking into the promised land as a victor? That's so good. We know that. We never leave the wilderness the same person that we entered. And in the midst of just the hardship of it, being in the wilderness period, of not having stability or certainty, and even sometimes direction, we can find comfort, I think, in knowing that the person that's going to leave the wilderness is going to be so drastically different than the version of me that entered, that by the time I get out, I'll be a person, even if I'm not right now, <laughs> that's thankful for this and sees the benefit of this and even is closer to God and closer to my family than I was before. So we can find solace in knowing that even if we aren't right now, there's a version of us that along the road (laughs) will be very thankful for this. Just like my daughter, even she doesn't appreciate what I'm doing right now is going to be thankful that I taught her that hut means hut, you know? So that might not have been the best example, but (laughs) well, there are so many good thoughts And it's hard to draw a line here, but we're going to go ahead and pick this up in a part two, hopefully next week. Hopefully no one gets sick again and we're all done moving, right? So (laughs) unless God calls us to move (laughs) or we get sick, I think we we can plan on next week and bringing a part two to the table, which will be so fun. We want to encourage you to join our Facebook group if you haven't. It's a safe place for you to share your thoughts. And I think it's important to reiterate that this is your village. And although we'll be posting devotions and whatnot, it's totally okay for you to post questions and needs. If you need 
prayer or you have a question about baby led weaning or whatever it may be, it is your group. It's your family. And I hope you all feel so at home and safe to say whatever you need to say. If you can, please like and share and subscribe this podcast. It really means so much to us that you would take the time to listen and join us for this hour. We're so appreciative that you even are doing that. (laughs) And it would mean the world if you shared it with some friends. We really feel like there are so many women in a wilderness season that need to be encouraged and that if we can do anything in ours, this accomplishes that. Well, we love you and we're proud of you and we want to encourage you. If you took anything away from this episode, you are not wasting time. God has you in a season that is dry and barren because he's creating a person that flourishes and thrives and is beautiful and is creative in any space that she's in. And those things can only be drawn out in an environment like the wilderness. So you're here not because you did anything wrong, but you're here because you've been chosen. It's a blessing. You're here as a privilege, and I know that seems counterproductive to the world, but you're here because God went, I like her. I have plans for her that go beyond anything she could think or imagine, and I need her to be to this place by the time my plans come into fruition. So she needs to go through this wilderness season so that she can get there. And honey, that is not fun, and I'm sorry you're here too, but you're in good company, and you're here for a good reason, and we're so proud of you for sticking it out. You're doing a great job and it's incredibly difficult, and it takes an incredibly strong woman, and you're becoming that. So, while you're here, stay wild, mamas. We love you. There are so many unknowns. your vanilla it ages (laughs) (laughs) i think you need to say it this week the stay wild mamas i'm not saying that you're in my home honey (laughs) 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 (sighs) it's so cringy but it's so good if i were a listener i'd be like yeah oh my gosh you should see her face the grimps on her face the wrinkles I didn't know were there. Oh, you stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> uh.